1: Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash higher balance. Designed by the rebel guru himself, Eric Pepin, Magnetic Pill was made to enhance results with all higher balance training. Accelerate sensory development, achieve deeper meditations, better overall focus, and so much more. Go to magneticpill.com forward slash rebel for $10 off every month or get a three-month supply with our buy two, get one free special. Order now and we'll include a free guide listing three techniques you can start doing right away to hone your psychic mind. In this episode, Eric describes the nature of spiritual backlash and how to counter its effects. Listen as he explains simple techniques you can use in your daily life to help you achieve deeper spiritual connections. Enjoy.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Rebel Guru Radio. I'm Eric, and I am here with the wonderful Angel. Uh, Angel, how long have you been with HBI? It feels like forever. It's
0: been about 11 years now. Wow. I started when
2: I was 15. Wow. Hardcore. So there you have it. So she's going to help me out here. She's up uh, visiting. So I was like, well, we're doing a show today. How about joining us? And she was like, yeah, I'm on board. Let's go ahead and do this. So a couple things to get out of the way. Uh, You know, they give me this stuff here. So I got to figure this out. So go to www.rebelgururadio.com to submit any of your questions to be featured on future episodes or submit them live now. Like, Now, like here, there, somewhere is on your screens or somewhere should be a place to do that. Uh, We do have a summer sale going on, an epic sale. We do like two major sales a year, usually one in summer and one in the winter. And so we do do probably all the best pricing and everything else. So uh, they're telling me uh, what we've decided to do is if you spend $250 or more, we'll automatically send you two, not one, two free bottles of magnetic pill. And that's good stuff, trust me. Uh, So uh, it says, see what's still available by clicking the link in the comments. So I think that'll make more sense to them than it does to me. They'll see it in the comments. Okay. That's good. I'm done. I'm free. All right. Well, let's see what we have. Uh, Let's go ahead and we'll we'll just start answering some questions. So you can go ahead and read the questions. Here's your complicated job.
0: So the the first question that we have is from Ryan. um, And he says... Uh, I have been meditating outside early in the morning for the past few months. Uh, during meditation, I have seen a couple of strange things. The first thing I saw was waves of light that is hard to explain coming down from the trees. I took that as energy that I could see, question mark. The second very strange thing that I can see now is plywood or fences. If I look at it, I can see it moving like it's alive or, and breathing. Not sure if my eyes are p- playing tricks on me. Has <laughs> anyone else experienced
2: this? <laughs> yes, people have experienced this. is kind of common, but uh, what does MDF stand for or fences? MDF? Microfiber board. It's okay. Microfiber. All right.
3: Yeah.
2: All right. Well, let me, let me explain what's going on. You know, our meditation that I teach is not your typical form of meditation. I, I kind of break it up into different arenas. I have the kind of relaxation portion clear your mind kind of remove negative energy be in a good space increase mental thought increase you know memory intelligence it does all of those things then as you work with that there's this this next level which which i believe meditation was truly designed and and built for i just think it got commercialized new agers call it whatever you want and it became like the new corporate thing to go meditate and big corporate events and stuff. But really, it was really there to, to uh, invest into gurus and, and spiritual masters who are going to these really, really deep, crazy places. So when people meditate, you're really scratching 2-3% of what meditation was truly designed for. So when we start looking at how I teach meditation, you have all of these Amazing things that if anybody just wants that base underlying powerful results, believe me, it's this is pretty good stuff. But there's another layer that you go to, and that other layer is what I call a a, a psychic or spiritual. What I what I go after is increasing your, for a lack of a better word, psychic abilities. I don't like using the word psychic because I feel like the '80s and the whole new age thing—it's just totally trashed it and made it into this kind of cheesy kind of word as far as I'm concerned. So more like mind consciousness expansion or something. I'll have to work on something like that. But what happens is, is that you experience a number of things when you first start meditating. with us. Sometimes you'll feel like you're tilting, you're opening your eye because you can't believe you're tilting. You realize you're sitting up and you're like, what the heck? Other times you'll be this popping feeling, this this up and down and you're thinking there's a giant truck driving by the house or what's going on and you know you feel this kind of vibrational thing it's very real you open your eye, there's nothing going on and so there's a a slew of different things once you kind of go through those they kind of go away and almost never come back I I call it a spiritual alignment it's like kind of going to the chiropractor but you're doing it yourself and it's aligning your what we'll call your causal energy your spiritual energy your your conscious energy because you're relaxing your mind you're doing all these different layers and now you you're moving up to this higher conscious state. So it's adjusting, and so your biological body reacts to that. And it starts to dial into sensories that are probably stored into the recesses of your brain, primitively speaking, from our ancestral times. And so that starts coming out as this higher awareness, this higher sensory. So when we think about birds that uh, follow magnetic fields in the air, they're saying now that they think that they can see these lines and they're able to define them, and then other creatures are doing similar stuff. Now, I'm not saying that's the case in for this person, Ryan, but what I will say to you is as your energy starts to align, as it starts to refine itself through your practice, as you start to remove your your BS, your, your baggage, it leaves us way for your consciousness to what I say, unfurl. That's when our you say the, the wings come out, but I don't believe in wings, but it's a sensory starts to awaken. And what they're seeing is, is more than, and I can't say for certain, unless I'm right there talking to this person, can figure it out, but my, my best guess what they're talking about is fairly common. When you move through a shifted state of consciousness, especially the, the process that we do, it's very powerful. Uh, your consciousness shifts. When your consciousness shifts, your mind shifts, everything goes into what I call a, a hyper-awareness. Uh, uh, In other words, the, the base level of that is everything seems extra sharp, like high-def uh, uh, reality. And anybody, she's nodding her head, anybody who's done what we practice will say that's just very common. That's just something that's a, a really good plus that comes from, from what we do for meditation. And what they're doing is that they're, they're probably going up another level and what they're doing is from that state of mind that you're shifted they're seeing what what we consider energy fields frequencies i mean there's just so many other things out there that that we are ignorant of or or obliz- uh uh, uh, uh oblivious. oblivious thank you that's what i got the the gallery back here for oblivious to being aware of so what they're seeing is frequencies are what i call the canvas of reality you're seeing Like looking at a painting, and when you really look close at the painting, you might see the texture of the canvas it was painted on. So before you do that, you don't notice it. But if you really pay attention and your mind gets sharper, all of a sudden those finer details show up. So they're they're seeing what I would call as the backdrop of reality. And so when they say here in part two, the second strange thing I can see now is plywood or fences MDF. If I look, I can see it moving like it's alive and breathing. Not sure if my eyes are playing tricks on me or not. Has anyone else experienced it? Everybody has experienced that's done this for a while. There's, you know, a lot of people kind of nodding and doing things. But the point is, is that when you look at it from a distance, it appears to be, you know, this wave or this energy that's moving down and yada, yada. It's very transparent, kind of like heat coming off a road, but in this case, probably much more detailed. When you're seeing the plywood, what that person likely is doing is they're seeing it closer up. So one is probably 80 feet, 100 feet away watching this energy. (laughs) But the second one is they're becoming aware of the energy even closer to them. So their eyes are like adjusting or becoming more aware of what is transparent, something we don't consciously consider looking at. We just assume when we see objects, that's our fixation. But nobody really pays attention to the space between you and whatever the object is. And in a shifted state, or any state that you start to become aware of it, you start to see energy and particles and frequencies and illumination off the stuff, which is energy fields, which I I go into great detail about. So what they're seeing is, is when they say plywood or fences, you're just seeing the constructs of that energy tightening, and so it looks much more fibrous and more detailed. Hopefully that answers that question. How do I do. Do I do
0: okay? Yeah. All right. That's good. go. <laughs> Very good.
2: Got checked.
0: Um, the second question here is uh, from Kimberly, and she asks if you can explain backlash and how to avoid as part of self-awareness and mindfulness.
2: Well, we've, we've got to kind of look at what is she referring to when she says backlash. So what I'm assuming she's referring to is, is sometimes when, look, meditation the reason i call it the foundation because it's literally that you can build a 50 million dollar building but if the foundation is not 100 percent perfect over time it's going to make that building and tilt crack everything's good. the foundation is the most critical thing that you can learn and and refine in your own spiritual practice and most people forget about it they just move on to all these other exciting things and they don't really think about the whole foundation process or staying like on your A-game with it because you, you forget stuff. You start cutting corners. It's human nature. So when you start to, what I was saying earlier, align your energy, the thing is, is that when you meditate, especially when you do really good sessions, the things in your life uh, start to organize in such a way that it's almost harmonically trying to meet the frequency that you're at. So it's, it's to say that if you have a certain mindset in life, you you tend to attract that frequency. If you if you really are negative, you might say, I, I just have negative stuff happening to me, which feeds my negativity because I'm upset about it happening, which then feeds it to you, okay? So it's, it's very complicated to say, though, that every action in your life is connected to something else. It's connected to all the people in your life. It's connected to your day-to-day things in life, your workplace, your your partner, whatever it is. And when you change the balance of that order, okay, especially as radical as when you start to meditate, it starts to search out um, better frequency alignment that matches your new state of consciousness. So you've gone from a negative state or a state of chaos, which doesn't have to be your fault, and you're, you're moving it through an act of practice into what I'll call a, a different frequency station range, a very a much more ideal range that you would prefer. And so as that happens, it starts to kind of take everything else in your life and it pushes some people away because they, they don't fit in no more with that. It's like a resistance to them. It's starting to move them and then their mind starts to move away from you. And then others that are more positive in a sense that are closer to that matching frequency you're approaching start to become attracted to you, okay? So the backlash in is what it's referred to is um, sometimes you've, you've got people that are psychically connected to you, mentally connected to you, in some ways emotionally made themselves dependent on you. And when they feel this shift, they don't necessarily understand what they're internally feeling. They're not like self-aware like a lot of uh, people who, who watch this. And so what happens is, is that they can react to you in a negative way. They're trying to, to realign you back to where they are, whether they realize they're doing it or not. That's really up for you to be, to be able to say, no, no, I'm, I'm not going to get sucked into that no more. I've, I've freed myself of this or that. But the backlash can come from energy, psychic energy, uh, PK, you might say, psychokinetic or stuff like that. And what happens is you do have people out there that are very connected to you. It could be an ex-lover. It could be a family member. And they're, they're really dialed into you mentally. And then the second factor is they may have some level of spiritual ability themselves. It doesn't mean that anybody who's not listening to this doesn't have any abilities. Pretty much uh, a lot of people still do. And they don't have to be aware of what they're doing, but their mind and their energy is clung to you. This is when you feel that. That heavy vibe on you when you think of somebody, and and there's a certain sense that comes with it of, of just wanting to escape them or dread or whatever. It's a real energy. So what's happening is that backlash now is overwhelming on you because they're trying to to kind of bring you back into what they feel is changing. Okay, you're changing, you're moving away. So in a sense, they're desperate because their own perceived stability in their life somehow they perceive is connected to you and your loss means to them that somehow they're going to be in despair so think of it kind of like trying to rescue somebody who's drowning as soon as you get close to them in their panic they're going to start climbing on you and ten to one you're going to drown and they're going to drown so you've, you've got to think about how you're going to approach that person or what you're going to do, which has some dramatic levels. You know, Somebody can say, well, you can just give them a good pop in the head and maybe they'll know not to grab you around your neck. Uh, other people will try to talk to somebody and try to calm them down and then slowly try to bring them in. So everybody has their own thing, but it, it depends on you, okay? So the backlash is the energy that can come from different ways. Uh, another thing that's complicated is that backlash doesn't necessarily have to come just from one person and it doesn't have to come on a psychological level or just a psychic level spiritual level it can actually come from a combo of events meaning you may have issues with family members and a partner and work or whatever and then so so like trickling effect everybody's trying to throw this energy at you that's not specific to any one person maybe a little bit more for certain people maybe a little bit less but It's like a big amount. So this comes down to, you know, where your life is and whether people respect what you're doing or you as a person and give you that leeway or whether they're going to feel like, you know, that they need you back in that place that you need to be in. And so oftentimes backlash is almost always connected to other conscious intelligent beings, meaning other people that are in your life. And this is why we cut what we call cords. This is why we do what, a, what we call a pyramid. Uh, we do that to chain our consciousness to understand that the, there, there is no sword to cut cords. There is no pyramid for that. But it's like computer programming. Certain symbols you know, function a certain way that make a computer operate or react a certain way. When one does the, the practice of a pyramid in their mind, it's like it tells your energy field to start blocking stuff in a certain way, and it's very effective. When we say cut cords, you... Th- feel these cords on you and so you you draw on from your lower chi this this kind of sword and you cut it but there's no sword it's a mental state but the mind and your energy with it understanding what a what a knife or a blade is you can you know if you touch it with your finger ow okay so it understands that energy that you're really trying to release something you're trying to cut it so that it separates from you and so it's an active uh intention by you that under normal circumstances, how do you get rid of a vibe of a person? So this is a, a brilliant way of approaching that—to tell your energy field, don't, don't accept this. This is no longer someone that I trust their 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 emotions or intentions for me, and I'm willfully cutting it off. And so your energy then separates that, but still allows the positive stuff that you want to come to you.
4: Am I making sense? All right, yeah, absolutely. Thank you.
3: Uh, I had a question um, with that. Um, Let's say you're, you know, you're you're doing spiritual things, you're raising your frequency, and you get a backlash from like someone close in your life um, is doing the sword and and high guard. Is that going to help you? um, I guess develop a new relationship with them, or like?
2: Well, it's complicated too. You know, listen, your your spiritual practices when you do them are profound. It's usually your second judgment that screws you up. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. It, it it's you know, it's kinda like I say sometimes to people when they're when they're dating or whatever and they say, Oh my god, this person's the worst person, I should have never let him in my life, yada yada yada, and I say to them, Well, what was the first impression when you first met them? They're like, Oh, I thought they were a complete asshole. You know, I thought they were just awful. And I say, Well, why did you change your mind? Well, they kept talking to me and they won me over and then I figured I'd give them a chance and whatever. So you didn't follow your initial sense. Okay, so what I'm saying is, is that when you cut somebody off or you do something like that, nine times out of 10, there's a good reason you made that choice. Okay, and now that person's talking to you or charming you or trying to get back with you or you're pining to make some kind of connection to them. And so now you're confusing all the work you've done between a pyramid and sword cutting because now you're kind of telling your consciousness to go ahead and let them back in again. So you're re you're letting those weeds back into your garden when you didn't have to. Do you understand? So you just needed weeds to do it
3: from the beginning, really, is what you're saying.
2: Well, it just depends. If you chose to get rid of them, whatever flower you were bringing home turned out to be probably poison ivy or poison oak, okay? Yeah, okay. Um, you know, you just didn't know it at the time, and I think that's true for just about anybody when we meet meet new people. It sometimes it takes time to realize they're not the right person to be in your life, and it doesn't have to be a lover. Gotcha. Yeah, but most of the time, everything in the end is consciousness. And sometimes I think people don't understand what I mean by that. Nothing is real. Everything is energy. So you could say it's a simulated reality. You can say that it's 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 you know it's reality is an illusion. Whatever you want. At the end of the day, we as a species are starting to get intelligent enough to understand that everything is really energy. Okay. When you understand that, then you realize that consciousness dictates the lane that you move in in reality. Your conscious mind. So a mind that has little or no self-awareness okay, is at the mercy of whatever is the flow of life. When you are spiritually attuned or you're practicing kind of what everybody's listening to here, then you're basically saying, give me the paddle. I'm not going to be this person on this raft and, and let it take me wherever. I'm going to have some say in the direction of this. And and your level of controlling where you're going down the river is going to be based on your skill and practice. So either you're going to be the lead person who's sitting in the back who basically does these, which is, a, you know, maybe it's me in that sense, okay? Okay. Or your people who are in the raft and you're you're saying, no way, I'm going to paddle, I'm going to help direct this. But most people, they're in it, they're completely unaware. You might as well have blindfolds and earplugs in, and they're just going down that river and whatever happens, happens. So that's the difference between having a spiritual practice and and not. It's that awareness to say I'm going to take some control in the direction of my life. I can't control bad stuff from happening, but I certainly can control how they're going to play out to some degree. I can maneuver it slowly. This is why we say navigators. You're you're in a sense in this sense navigating to some degree the perils of the direction of your life instead of going for the shore where all the stones are you're looking for them and you're you're working to navigate a better course that under normal circumstances you wouldn't have a clue about and you'd just be broken down on the side of the the the, the shore brilliant thank
3: you
0: sorry <laughs> well, 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 how was that was it okay yeah,
4: it was i gotta good. check every time yep. you know? yeah. I, I like it time. Just, <laughs> yeah. just checking i'm insecure you know very yeah.
0: good <laughs> Um, our next question on the list is um, by James. And yep. He says, um, when I do the foundation meditation, I will often get a pain in my heart region when I concentrate on that area. Okay. Would this be a blockage in, in the chakra? And any suggestions on how to help?
2: Yeah. James, my my suspicion, and again, I don't know until, you know, unless I had an opportunity to talk with you some more, but I'll, I'll give my best guess. Uh, I've seen this before. Oftentimes a pain in your in your chest or heart area is, it's interesting because of what we were just talking about, about removing people out of your life. I suspect that somewhere in your subconscious that you have a connection to someone that you deeply care about. But I suspect also that that person has been poisonous in a sense to you, and you're aware of that also. So, when you're working on your heart chakra, there's that question is, do I surrender these people? Do I surrender? So, you're basically saying, do I cut them out? And I don't know if if, if I'm there yet. It's maybe what you're thinking. Either way, usually pain in your chest is usually something that, think of it like like you have your heart and there's a stone that's stuck somewhere in there. And when you work on your your heart, you're able to to isolate it or feel it or become aware of it. And so, your energy is trying to pop it out it's just trying to move it outward but there's a subconscious part of you that's trying to hold it in because maybe you're just not there yet and ready to release that what i strongly recommend for you is to consider some stuff that we we offer maybe it's in the sale i I honestly don't know and it's not my intention to try to, to sell everybody's stuff but uh is to do either what we call time stepping which is very powerful and surrender and the standard of, of doing maybe some cutting and stuff would be good too. So, But I suspect that you're, you may not be ready to let go of whatever that is. And so I think that maybe working with uh, some training we do, which is called Surrendering, is super potent, super powerful, time-stepping, uh, unbelievable rapid results. So I strongly recommend both. And what that's going to do is it's going to empower you to isolate that problem, figure it out, and it's also going to help you decide about, instead of just pulling it out, maybe it's just better for you to take layers of it out and then decide where, where how, how quickly you want to resolve that. But that's an issue that's in your consciousness that's relaying here. It's something that you're not ready to let go of. And somewhere in the back of your mind when you're there, it's got to be floating around as a, as a, as a thought. So you need to find a way to, to alleviate that or remove that out of the process. Yeah. Oh, you did it on your own. I didn't have to. All right.
0: Um, A second question from James. This is a two-part question as well. Um, He says, how can self-work, surrender, and mindfulness lead to higher states of consciousness? Is there a point where we can self-sabotage ourselves because we can't stop thinking about how messed up we are? Question mark. How might that be prevented?
2: (laughs) Well, look. I'm not going to be one of those bullshit gurus who who are like, you know, feel the love and you use my monotone nice voice or anything like that. I am the rebel guru after all. I'm going to fucking say it the way it is because that's what's going to really help you. And the bottom line is the first thing you need to know is and it actually is beneficial to know this. It helps you have more positive than negative is that even I, the great Mugu Pepin, okay, have shit happen and I have really bad times and it throws my game off and my psychic ability and my energy and my spiritualness. The idea of being in a spiritual place 24-7 is just absolutely ridiculous. And anybody who tries to profess to you, to you that that's the blissful state they're in and, and there's people who believe that, I'm telling you, don't get sucked up in that illusion. Because when they're behind the curtains, okay, like, like the Wizard of Oz, you're going to see that they're not what they're projecting themselves to be, okay? And I can't truly help anybody unless I'm absolutely, truly honest with them. So with all the fucked up shit that I've been through in my own life, okay, I can tell you I'm dialed in with the universe and I'm doing pretty damn good, okay? And that means all of you can be where I am. Heck, you guys can go beyond me. So don't let the the downs tell you that when you're down that that's it or anything like that. A down is just an opportunity for a higher bounce going up. It's just you who has to decide that you're ready for that and you deserve it. Because most of the time, we self-punish. It's not anything else but us punishing ourselves, feeling like we're not worthy. You're absolutely worthy. So having said that... Uh, When you meditate, as we were talking earlier, and I try to work with what, what we've covered because it's fresh in everybody's mind. When when we were talking about the other person, Ryan, about seeing the energy and everything like that, that's a higher state of consciousness already. You know, you don't, you don't need trumpeting angels to come down and what, give you a certificate with a gold seal on there saying, oh, you've attained enlightenment. You're in a higher state of consciousness. Don't work that way, okay? So higher state of consciousness is when your mind perception is increased it's it's like you you do certainly feel this detachment to the bullshit in life which is really a big plus and it's a reality check because it's really petty and you you learn to kind of let go of that it doesn't mean you can't come back as a problem so you got to be mindful of that but as you as you kind of remove all of these these obstacles these weights they're like these things that are clipped onto you they're like little half pound weights and there's so many of them okay and you start to remove them that's the noise the clutter of what i'll call reality people problems finances lovers just health issues any of those things they they are the weight that holds your mind in a lower place because they're really not real but they're real (laughs) that sounds crazy but so In a sense, you've got to give yourself a true timeout. Not one where you're like, I'm putting it aside. You need to really melt it away. Like, really, truly accept that. Because it never comes back as strong as it was when you let it go. And... In essence, that's when you start to see what what Ryan was saying. You start to see these energy movements. You start to see these things. Now, that may not sound like much. Like, where's the revelation in that? The revelation in that is that you have now confirmation that the work you're doing is working on yourself. You're actually making progress. You have something to say. This is rather profound. What else is awaiting me? So, so in a sense, whatever you're seeing outside of you that's beyond the normal everyday norm, is the result of the frequency in the core of your consciousness that you've been working on. The world starts to unfold for you. All the wonders start to to reveal themselves. Everything in your life starts to kind of maneuver in a way that that works for you. That's if you if you look at a lot of nature, not all nature, but a lot of nature, you know, the flower doesn't wait where stuff necessarily it doesn't try to make it happen it allows it to happen the sun comes to it when it needs to the rain comes when it needs to an animal drops some poo on it so it feeds it when it has to but in a sense it's it's got this normal trust of flow of life and so you evolve this trust this nature this attuity that raises you higher and higher you you, you can go to much higher levels. We should just dedicate maybe a, a whole show to different stuff that you, you go through, or I can try to go through stuff that I've been through. But your your thoughts start to work differently. Um, you start to, I see things that, that other people don't see. I have a higher sense of, of detail awareness. I think anybody who's around me will be like, Christ, Eric's like like every little thing he sees. To me, it's normal. I think to somebody else, it's, it might be overwhelming, but then they say, you know, I wish I had that kind of awareness. That comes from, from higher states evolving in your mind. It's like yeah, I read something, I read it very quickly. It just absorbs in me. Uh, I have thoughts or ideas or, or somebody stumped on something. I look at it. I may not even know much about it. But in my mind, it's I already can tell you what what to do. And nine times out of ten, anybody around me, boom, 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 boom. is how I work. I don't think about it no more. But that's some of the most basic levels of that progression. You want to work on business stuff. It's like it just kind of comes to you faster. But you got to work on that foundation. you got to maintain all of that stuff. Otherwise, the weeds start growing back in. Does that help at all? Yeah. Does that help? That's, that's good. That's all right. Yeah. Oh, it's a little hot in here. How come I don't ever yeah. have that fan like I keep asking for? I'm find it. today. Okay, let's go. I uh, guess I'm going to be sweaty. All
0: right, next question. Um... If we have a deep-rooted issue probably causing many current problems, what is a simple method to approach surrender without tackling the issue head-on? For example, I experienced a lot of fear on a normal basis during childhood. I am out of the situation but wonder if simply facing unrelated fears is a good approach to taking the issue without wrestling the bull by the horns.
2: Okay, stop. The answer is there. It's just the the wrong thing you're choosing. It's not that you should be working with surrender. Once again, like I was saying earlier, it's funny how these things all can kind of work together, and I like doing it that way. I would be using time-stepping. Time-stepping is going kind to of blow your mind. Uh, it, You know, I was reading, you know, I read psychology stuff. I love science. I read, you know, everything that's up to date. Everybody who knows me knows I just absorb all this information. And there was a study released, ah, it's got to have been about five or six months ago, Um uh, through um, you know uh, the National Institute for Psychology or something. I don't remember anymore. But anyway, the point is, is that they were saying in there that exercises where you go back in time and you redo things in your head, yada, yada, had really amazing results on, on the human brain and an effect on the psychology of the person. And the irony is I've been teaching something uh, more complex than that, better than that, probably for 20-something years, okay? I don't want to say 30, but I'll say 20 Time-stepping is a process of revisiting those issues and you deal with them one at a time. And in in the program, I show you kind of different strategies and different kind of ways of of dealing with that. But you restructure the memory. It's not that you forget those things happen, but they're stored in a way that you've rewritten them that strengthen you and it allows the flow of of inner understanding and self-confidence to really take front stage to become the person that you always were meant to. To be and so i cannot stress to you how important time stepping is versus surrender i mean the two differences between surrendering which is a program we do also very powerful okay versus the 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 time stepping time stepping is like surgically going in there and removing very serious problems okay uh surrendering is is more about it's it's more about taking something that's uh in a sense Pressuring you or or suffocating you and finding a way to alleviate that so it just is gone it just snaps off of you it's it's kind of difficult to explain the differences is that um you know I I don't want to say that surrendering is to be used for the stuff that you you can't resolve because that's not true either um, surrender is about finding an inner spiritual release. It's really it's really different. Um but it could be used conjoined, but only after you've done all the work for time stepping. And it's a very nice overall release of, of any stuff that you may not have detailed out in yourself. And it's very, very spiritually connecting and very powerful. But it's it's kind of this this more underlying emotion and, and energy that's kind of within you. Versus kind of removing all of the pillars that are supporting it is what you would use time stepping for so time stepping first remove all the pillars And I guess kind of like when I'm dealing with with something a project outside of this because it's, once it's all down It's just more about cleaning it all and throwing it in the dumpster and taking it away Okay, that's that's the two one is the manual labor ripping down the old bad building. Okay, that's a lot of work That's time stepping you're just I'm done it. I'm gonna remove all this and then when it's all been deconstructed and everything, there's that pile of memory still there. It just it's all been disassembled. Surrender is kind of like moving it all out, so that so that the forest can grow and trees can grow and flowers can grow within you again. That's how I would, in a very simple way, explain those two two things. And both of those tools and why I teach them lead to to higher states of consciousness. Because what holds you down is again your consciousness of how you perceive about yourself and the things that have happened to you and how they make you feel about yourself. Is that, uh, right? yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the right answer, yeah. <laughs> I have a yeah. question.
3: Sure. So uh, sometimes during my work day, I feel like there's things that need to be surrendered, but mm-hmm. by the time I get home to do my surrendering process, I have mm-hmm. trouble conjuring up those those emotions, those feelings again, and um, I just wondered if you had any advice for
2: that. Well, if, if it's your boss, I don't know if he's gonna want you to take a lot of time out. it depends on how many you're having, okay? What I would do and what I've done, you know, in my own life is that when you feel that heated moment, there's no reason why you can't escape to the bathroom or escape to Mm -hmm. your car or escape around the corner. It literally just takes five minutes. You know, you just kind of find a stone to sit on, take a timeout. okay, a little break. And then work with the practices that you have to, to kind of remove that. If you think that you're at your rawest moment that you want to work on it. But sometimes it can be counterproductive. Logically, when you're in the heat of the moment, it seems like the best time. But it's not necessarily. It's sometimes better to sit down in your space, do your kung fu spiritual stuff, and then kind of deal with it because now it's not so personal. Do you understand? Sometimes when it's personal, your emotions will will be so powerful that you have a very hard time using your practice to alleviate it. So it's almost better to wait till you cool off, okay? Then go back. It's it's almost like you're the the adult to deal with the pain of your 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 childhood sense, okay? Or if it's just personal stuff, it's sometimes better to just be able to take that time when you're less vulnerable. You see what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and deal with it then, because you, it will still have a profound effect. Mm-hmm. It's just that you, when you, when you're in that heated moment, you know you're really looking for something to to get rid of that problem. You want to be better. I want to. I want to do this right. I want to improve myself. But and sometimes it's just the wrong time to do it. It's you're just too emotionally invested unless you're really disciplined. You know what I'm saying? Then I would say maybe so, and it depends on the issue too. Yeah. yeah.
3: It would be helpful to write it down in that instance, so you know, because you're saying you had a hard time remembering it, later. or just conjuring up those feelings. Oh, okay. Yeah, I
2: don't think the memory is the problem. I think it's conjuring up the, the feeling. But see, I don't know if I would want you to do that so raw. It's it's literally better to to have it as a ten or twenty percent emotion, than to have it at 80, 90 or hundred. Okay. It's it's it, you know. Unless you're super mentally disciplined, you can separate all those things. Even for me, it would be hard, you know. I mean, I get really upset. i got to take a time out, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, It is what it is, yeah.
3: I have another question, too. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about trauma and things from our our past, um, it definitely affects our relationship with people around us. I mean, we're talking about the programming that people have on us. Mm. I'm curious, what's the difference between the box pe- people put us in and the box we think they put us in? Is there a fine line or a difference there?
2: Yeah, it's called self-awareness. You first gotta become aware that that's happening. Okay. Once you're aware that's happening, then you have all the power to change it, if you choose to, and of course you've got the tools for me. Mm-hmm. If you're unaware of it, nah, nothing you can really do. You gotta become aware, you have to become self-aware. That's mindfulness that is Basically, it mindfulness tells you this is a situation. This is this. You know, I don't know what you're speaking of specifically, but if it's it's you know, it's like I, I often say to people. You know, uh, a lot of religions go like you know, oh, well, you know, the gurus take the family and the kids away, and you know, they put them in a cult and all this stuff. That got so distorted as to what was really being said and done. And a lot of spiritual teachers will say, look, if if you are unhappy. And you want to grow as a person, or there's this part of you that you need to figure out. Sometimes by getting away from your family, not permanently, temporarily, okay, and every situation's different. If you got kids or you're married or whatever, okay, but I'm I'm talking more about solo kind of people, who've got a little bit more flexibility. But the point is, is sometimes by going away and being around people who don't know you at all and don't treat you a certain way or hold your past against you, okay, you have your whole future to write for them how they perceive you, and that strengthens you as a person. When you go home, you find that everybody in your life, that even though they say they love you, they still chip away at the person you become so that you return to the person that they recall, that they remember, okay? And this is why a teacher or guru would say you need to extrapolate yourself from that, but you should you should only really choose to go back when you really feel confident in the person you've become, and that's who you are. Mm-hmm. I, I like something that I seen in um, the the movie, um, uh, 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 was it Space Man, whatever, with uh, the the musical there uh, uh, with Elton John. Uh, 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 Rocket, uh, Rocket Man. Rocket Man. Rocket, okay. Yeah. And there's something that somebody said to him when he had his real name and he was trying to figure out what to do and whatever. And the guy said, look, I didn't become who I was, he says, until I figured something out, and you need to figure it out too. And he says, sometimes you got to kill off the person you are to become the person that you know you should be, or something along those lines. Don't quote me on that. Now, that sounds pretty radical. I'm not saying for you to do that completely. What I'm saying is if you're really on a spiritual journey and part of your Frustration is maybe how quickly or how far you're going and have a disappointment. I would say take a hard look at, at what you have anchoring you in your day-to-day life. Now, I'm not saying to go run off to, to some place and start all over. That can be incredibly lonely. But on the same token, you've got to take a look at your life. Don't be resentful at your family. They're, they truly love you. Don't, don't be spiteful. Don't be harmful to them. Be respectful. But if they truly respect you, and you're like, I need a timeout, or I need to to get some some time somewhere else, they're fearful something's going to happen to you. That's just normal. Okay, so stay in good communication, good keep good communication through your cell, whatever. But distance yourself a little bit slowly if you find that it's constantly an emotional drain. Okay. And you find that when you start to remove a lot of the, the weight that you feel you're feeling, you'll know right away if, if it's a good thing to let go or not, okay? I would never tell somebody to get rid of their family because today you might be angry at them, but believe me, tomorrow you'll wish they were definitely in your life. There's no replacement for family, but there's definite replacement for abusive family. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no. But I don't think that a lot of people out there have a lot of true white cells in their life and so you've got a lot of red cells and it's not that they mean bad intentions but they're going to naturally have an order that they relate to and they they just can't understand what we feel and what 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 we're thinking we're like poets you know put up in a bottle okay we 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 just feel and see things and think very differently Yeah.
3: And that's why we have a, the Facebook group where people can... You yeah, just, you can go on of, our Facebook group. I don't so know I if everybody just, knows so about I was it. I just but, asking about it. We posted you know, it in the comments.
2: Yeah, and as long as it's HBI related, which pretty much everything is, I've got a ton of stuff I've taught on. Um, you know, I, I think you're going to find a lot of great answers. Some very knowledgeable people. They've been around a long time, and, and I would say they, they know what they're talking about now. Yeah. Not everybody though. Don't don't assume <laughs> that everybody responds and they're actually no, you know it's been around the block with HBI. Okay, yeah. so if you're like, huh, probably not. I'm saying I'm just calling it. Okay, don't sure? don't. I'm not saying that they're the right person. I'm just saying it's a mixed bag in there. Yeah. Check with so, us first. <laughs> yeah, check with us first. If you're in doubt, check with the office. Shoot <laughs> us an email. Give us the information, and we'll be like, you know. Okay. What else have we got? How are we doing on time? We're at
3: we're, uh, 344. All right. Um, I think we ran out of questions on the list here. Okay, so
2: we're done with that. Yeah. Okay, all right, good, good. So let's let's just kind of is there any questions from you guys at this point? Um you dressed already. Was on my all right, mind. okay, good, good, good. Anything from you? Anything? Anything? Now it's time right now. Here, don't crack now. You gotta have something. Oh, no pressure. All right. Um, so let's let's talk about. You know what? What I had titled it. What the hell did I title it again? Uh, deeper spiritual. Deeper realm. spirit. Okay, look. I'm going to go along the lines of what I've said already, and that's you know I kind of feel the questions kind of stayed in that arena, and and that is the first thing you need to remember is that your consciousness, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, you need to do a check with yourself almost every day maybe once or twice a day and it's hard to do it sounds easy but it's hard to do and that check is what am i feeling what's going on in my life you know what am i what am i feeling that i may not be paying attention to okay and that's the beginning of self-awareness okay mindfulness is being aware of what what you're going through in your mind i i I can I probably check in with myself literally and I know this is going to sound probably <laughs> excessive but I probably check in with my consciousness at least once every 15 minutes to 30 minutes. 30 minutes would be a long time. I'm just so trained to be aware of that. And there's times in that 30 minutes I'm just like, "Oh my god, Eric, what did you just do?" You know, it's a good thing it was 30 minute check in. I wish it would have been the 15 minute one. But everybody has off days and you got you got to be You know, forgive it with yourself, but you also got to be compassionate enough to tell anybody else that you ruined their day. You know, like, "Eh," you know, I'm sorry I came all a little hot on that, you know. Um, Having said that, I think that one of the most important things is is mindfulness. And that is to be self-aware and check in with yourself as often as possible. And when you feel that there's something there or there's an issue and you can isolate kind of what's bothering you, what you think it probably is, because sometimes it's weird stuff. Like you don't specifically know there's a problem, but you agreed to go somewhere with somebody or do something with them. And even though you really like them, there's really a part of you that didn't want to agree to that or didn't want to do that. So now you feel obligated and you're feeling this, this pressure in you, okay? The, the real thing is isolating it down to that, and you have two choices. You can be real with yourself and contact that person, or better yet, send them a text, and then you don't have to face them. And just be like, look, something came up, or I've decided I'm just not in the right headspace for that. I'm so sorry. And then that relief comes in. That's being mindful in a different way, okay? Another thing is is to to simply, if it's something that you have to do, you have to simply acknowledge, okay, I've, I've got to do this. i got a record, i got a traffic ticket. I don't want to deal with it, but I have to. The simplest thing to do is, is breathing technique. Is just sit in your car wherever you are, take a deep breath in through your nose. Think of the issue and imagine it like, like it's pressuring you, like a tire pressure and it's overfilled with air or whatever it is. And sometimes I think of it like smoke coming out, like I'm expelling something out of me that I don't want. And in that smoke is like kind of like a projection of a film camera going off in it that's showing like maybe what that topic is or the people or whatever and I'm expelling it out I'm just like <sighs> you want to follow the whole breath out and then breathe in fresh air now I know that that sounds too simple to be true what I'm urging you to do is try it you'll see okay okay it's not that you forget it. It's almost like you're saying to your conscious mind that you're taking a, a time out and that you're giving yourself permission. To, I'm not getting rid of the problem. Don't panic. You know, you're talking to yourself, or at least that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm not ignoring it so it becomes a worse problem. I'm just saying the problem's going to remain the same probably for the next 15 to 30 minutes. So I'm going to table it so I can recoup my energy and be stronger as a person. To deal with that. I just need to time out, have a minute to think, have a minute to to have a breather and, and expand myself a little bit. Then boom, let's let's bring it. I'm gonna I'm gonna deal with this and dismantle it. So that is a conscious intervention. As crazy as that sounds, is most people just cope with those feelings. Mm-hmm. They they just bottom up, they don't have a way to to release the pressure once in a while. They don't understand how you go about doing that. Um, yada, yada, yada. Another thing is, is that, you know, you can also work on almost reverse, um, uh, time stepping in a sense that you need it to work in your favor. Don't expect it to be idealistic. Okay. Especially if, if, if you've really got issue and it's probably not going to be in your favor, but you, you simply See the situation working out in a very positive way, but it's in the details. Everything's in the details. So if you're to, if you're if you're imagining you're talking to a judge and you got a speeding ticket, you you want to see yourself being honest and sincere, and accepting the wrongs, but also putting it out there that the the response you're going to get. Don't have that person talk in your mind, but have the feeling like you really like him or her. Have them have them feel like you feel like they're going to treat you. Fair, you know, very fair. That that maybe they're even going to give you a sense of leniency and appreciate your situation, or or that you made a mistake and that you're learning. What happens is that that energy you're creating a program that you're you're kind of airing out from you, and everybody has about 32 feet that they handshake with that information from you which is another 32 feet let's say and that doesn't mean specifically 32 feet and what happens is that you know when you when you see somebody come in a room and instantly you know you like them and there's no reason for you to really like them you, you just know that you will that's that energy whatever they're bringing in it's idealistic to you okay and so you now are going to be favorable to them you're going to be a little nicer you're going to be a little bit more talkative you know all of those nice things well, I'm saying you can you can project that out. You can create that if you take the time to do that and you walk in that mindset. Most of the time you're fearful of a situation and you're fearful of a confrontation. And that energy goes up and that person's reacting to you because they're sensing a kind of aggression from you in your energy. Even though the face looks great and the emotions seem like they're great, they're feeling it from you. And what they're doing is they're reacting then to that energy from you in a way that's defensive for them. They're defending themselves now. They're going to not let you, you know, push on them, okay? So so where your, your conscious mind is, mindfulness, is going to have a big impact on the quality and things, how they play out in your life, Okay? So that's one. A deeper spiritualness is really about if, if I were to say anything, anything at all that I think would have a profound effect, that is, and I've said this now a couple times today, is that you've got to stop, and as they say and Smell the Roses, you've got to stop and do a self-check with you twice a day. And that self check when you really think about what am i on autopilot what am i doing where am i going what's going on what am i saying what am i what am i just oblivious and automating to because i got my mind on other stuff what is the ramifications of those actions throughout that day everybody you react a certain way mentally is locking onto you and most of the time it's in a negative way if you've upset them people just are pissy Okay, so the question is, is can you clear that out of your mindset just by doing a quick reboot? It might build back up again, but you've got X amount of time while that's happening, which means if you do this every day for, let's say, a week, I'll I'll wager a bet. I'll wager that you're going to say to me, my God, everything after that week just started to work in my favor. It's like this person offered me this job, this person I met for dating, this person. I just can't believe my, my luck has changed. There's such fucking thing as luck. okay? You make your luck if that's the case. And so by being mindful, it's hard fucking work, okay? It's hard to check in with yourself. Have a little timer app go off or something, okay? Maybe that's what we need to put in the, the HBI app we're coming out with soon. Um, but it's just a little check in with yourself, and just treat yourself as if you're your own child and be like, where you at? What's, what's going on? You're in a good place. You're in a bad place. You a little smack upside your head and come to? What's what's up? You letting that person bother you? Is everything great? Wonderful. Let's bottle it and throw a party and celebrate this feeling and, and reinforce it. Okay? Spirituality is very connected to your state of mind. If you're mindful, you tend to excel spiritually, and then you get to really good places and really strong places when there's a problem. You know, investing in your spirituality isn't necessarily always about dealing with the moment. It's about preparing for the storm, and that storm is going to be a breeze because you prepared for it. Life happens. Shit happens. So, I don't assume that my life is going to be perfect. I assume shit's going to happen. My job is how well am I preparing myself to get through it? And that is, in a sense, spirituality. Spirituality is, is the means of dealing with life in a way that allows you to flourish and thrive spiritually. Mindfulness. Awesome. Good. Okay. Thank you.
3: Yeah. Um, looks like this will be the last question. Okay. Um, does your level of knowing where you're going depending on uh, depend on your connection to the navigator?
2: Not necessarily. I mean, it's it's a big part of that. You know, people would need to understand what a navigator is. Yeah. So let me just explain that. Navigator is an intelligence. It's kind of it's complicated, and, and it's not. I mean, I have very sophisticated teachings. I have the essentials that are, you know, critical, but basic, but critical. And that is to say that you you have a brain in your mind and you have in your, your lower kind of abdomen area another intelligence. It thinks, it feels, it makes decisions, and it contributes. And then there's a third, and that's in your chest. Women tend to feel the lower one a lot more easily. Men tend to be in the upper one. It doesn't make them smarter. Women use the same thing. They Actually, women are, are probably more aware than, than in most cases. And the chest center is the most complex one, okay? You'll know that if you go through a love crisis, those of us who have been in love and didn't work out, uh there's like a pressure in your chest. It feels like somebody almost standing on there, or that you get this occasional <sighs> you like you're sighing, like you want to release pressure, okay? That's actually an intelligence. And and you can activate that intelligence to assist you in various knowings or, or things the the lower one or the lower abdomen often women will, will will say they get this feeling down there this knowing okay but i think that's largely they developed this this incredible sensory because you know uh primitively speaking as man evolved through evolution we you know the women were staying at home and they they had to raise the babies and 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 so they built better social skills than men because they were able to talk with other women they had to read into the babies that can't say, hey, I stubbed my toe or my stomach hurts. They had to figure that out by empathetically developing this kind of really deep intuitive sensory that's, that's amplified with a psychic intuition. Survival. Uh, men would go out in the woods. You couldn't really talk or we scare off the game or alarm you know, the other tribes out there who might war with us or we have to sneak up on the predator for food, survival. No food, we die. So we learn to talk with our eyes, we learn to talk with kind of certain movements, okay? And so this developed different intelligences depending on on who who we're we're, we're considering, okay? So the the chest center is what we refer to as the navigator. It's where the most spiritual, otherworldly, other dimension sensory comes from. And so when we talk about the navigator, it's about building this awareness with it because right now for most people they don't they're just like yeah it just feels like my chest no i'm telling you you can you know it does really fascinating things i often think to myself sometimes you know how can the human race be around for millions of years and it's like none of us understand our own our own sensory field, our own biological self. And I, I guess i got to accept that because, you know, every year we come out with new stuff that they're learning about the human body and, you know, and all these various things that we never knew. And we're like, that's crazy, you know, but yeah, I'm affected by that, I guess. So I guess spiritually it's, it's the same thing. It's like we're just really kind of learning a lot of stuff about, about who we are still. So the navigator is this intelligence from the chess center that kind of like Johnny Darko kind of extends out and it can feel things and it knows things and it reports back and, your brain works with it kind of like a cell phone with invisible signals all going through this room, but you can't hear a word of it. But you use your instrument; it converts that data in a sense to go to your ear that understands it. So you got one, two, three. You got the the signals moving around, which are going on right now from thousands and millions of conversations all over the world moving through us. We have an instrument that converts and captures it specifically for our needs, the specific conversation. And it converts it in a way that this brain can absorb it and re-break it uh, apart and restructure it so we mentally can get images and feelings and thoughts about it, and then we we send it back through that mechanism. So the navigator does something very similar. It Once you learn to work with it, it's able to, to do things that your eyes and ears and smelling and all these things can't necessarily do. It extracts information, and then your brain kind of does this operation where it unfolds it. And this is where you get into much more advances in spirituality and stuff like that did i answer the question am i just running off in la la land Because <laughs> like, i think i could be i don't know see i gotta do a, a self-check with my mindfulness
3: well, you explained that was you explained navigate what the yeah. navigator is really well um yeah. I think the question was um, does it uh there's like how, how much you're connected to the navigator does it play in how um, you can check in with yourself. I think.
2: Um, I think it's a yes and no thing. You know. Think. Um, uh, you to know, know. where
3: you're going. Wait, let me just read it one more time. Yeah. Uh. Does the does your level of knowing where you're going depend on your connection to the navigator?
2: It, it it yes. In in the end, yes. It's just that most people are not aware that the navigator is really the part when you when you check in with yourself, mindfulness, any of that. It literally has to come from here. It literally works at the same time the moment you decide to mentally think about what you're thinking about. You can think, but when you think about what you're thinking about, that's self-awareness. And as soon as you do that, it turns this on to add to deciphering what that information is and sharing it back. So when you train with it, it just goes up in these bigger levels of being able to do crazier things with it. But in the most essential level, anything that is self-awareness or spiritual always has this jumping in. It's the same thing like you, you, if you hear something, you don't just look with your ears or try to touch, you know, taste the air. You you use your ears, not your, your necessarily just your eyes. Your eyes might work, but you're, you go to your ears. If it's something that is smelled, and you focus on smell, you use your, your hearing to a certain point to see if there's a connection in your sight to, to find out where it is. But in either one of those work, you concentrate on that. Whenever you go in your mind, you immediately switches to something like this. As soon as you start asking yourself, what is it that I'm thinking? OK. Good? Awesome.
3: Good, good. 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 Thrill? Anything All right, else? yay. All
2: right, well, I'm sweating now. I feel like uh, maybe I'll lose a little bit of weight that I need to lose. Who knows? <laughs> All right, everybody, thank you for your time. Please check out, you know, Higher Balance. Um, there's summer a plethora sale. of information. Summer sales happening. I mean, it's like crazy. It's like up to 90% off. I'm always like, for real, for real? But we really want people to get this stuff. We really, really do. Okay. And we understand money's a, a thing. You know, right now right. in the summer, we're able to do this, okay? Please take advantage of it. Please support Higher Balance. Please support, you know, this path that you've chosen and this information, even if it's just a little something just a little small item and there's the audible uh, uh foundation uh, handbook of the navigator i strongly urge that if you don't have it check it out uh and we got some very exciting things coming around the corner for you guys so please take advantage of the sale support higher balance and you know stuff that's going that used to go for 200 you might be able to pick up for 20 bucks i mean literally that crazy give it a hard look thank you
1: A lot of people ask us, where's the best place to start with our courses and material? The fundamental backbone of everything in our catalog is the foundation meditation system. This is a unique meditation technique geared to the purpose of absorbing prana, stimulating key regions of the body that enhance sensory development, and allow one to tap into a source of unbridled spiritual energy. Foundation meditation can be learned in our book, Meditation Within Eternity, or you can visit our website foundationmeditation.com to acquire the audio course. Again, that's foundationmeditation.com. Each of Eric's books comes with a secure readers-only section online that contains a treasure trove of complimentary free training material. When you add up all the free training you get with each book, you have a combined total value of over $1,000 in additional content. This includes classes, guided meditation exercises, and more. Digital and physical copies are available at higherbalancebooks.com. Order the set on discount now, and we'll also send you a free guru deck in the mail for physical orders. Again, that's higherbalancebooks.com. Go there now, order your set, and join the growing movement of spiritual adepts. Follow us on Instagram at Institute, all one word. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge. If you would like to support this podcast, please visit our online store at higherbalance.com.
4: When I was young, I recall sitting in the back seat of the family car as we drove somewheres, probably just to get away. I remember seeing the rivets of the back seat, the leather contour, the fabric and texture of the floor mat. I was small. I remember looking upward through the window, seeing the reflection of the glass of myself, a metal lining along the glass trim. I could only see the trees the sky moving by. I thought I could touch it, so I did, reaching my hand out the window to touch it, I felt it. I felt the air pushing and moving beneath my hand and the warmth of the sun upon its back. I think it was at that moment I began to awaken. Knowing that sometimes when you want to find something, you don't always find it in the way that you think you're going to. You see, my hand, it moved against the wind, pushing, weaving, feeling it, touching it, and the sun warming, soothing, healing. And somewhere's in between, I flew. higher balance, we think outside of the box, a new kind of spirituality, a new kind of meditation, a revolution in consciousness.